What is going on, everybody? I am Greg Hellback, and my co-host, Michael Pinter, and I are bringing you another episode of the New York Real Estate Investing Show. This show is all about how to be successful in New York State, one of the best places and one of the most difficult places to do business in. And each and every week, Michael and I are going to bring awesome content to everybody who wants to learn how to do this business successfully in New York. Between the both of us, we have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of deals. We've made millions of dollars and we've also made a ton of mistakes. So if you want to try your best to avoid those mistakes, definitely take a listen to this podcast. Every single week, we are going to provide actionable tactical steps on how you can be successful investing in the Empire State of New York. Stay tuned and welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that not a lot of people talk about, and it's how do you deal with jerks right, in this business? Because if you've been around the block for as long as Michael and I have, you're going to have your fair share of interactions with people who might have pissed you off. And there's a certain way you need to go about it uh, that will help you. And then there's a way you can go about it that will harm you. And I'm telling you right now, especially if you're going to operate in New York with attorneys and lots of people, uh, you're going to have to know how to handle yourself. Uh, and we'll share some examples on, and we're never going to mention names or anything like that, but we're going to share examples on how, you know, how you can just protect yourself and, and do this in a professional manner. So you can, you know, end out, you can end up on top. So Michael, uh, you've actually been doing this, I think, longer than me now. So, I mean, wh what's your experience like, you know, when this kind of stuff happens? And then we'll kind of chop it up from there. Sure, a lot of different types of jerks that we're talking about here, right? <laughs> there are competitor jerks, there are buyer jerks, seller jerks, there are attorney jerks. There are a lot of jerks in the business. But I think most of the time you want to avoid engaging with jerks, right? Um, because you're not going to accomplish anything. You're never going to change anybody's mind. You're not going to turn a jerk into a nice guy. So it really depends on the situation. You had a situation, I remember you pl played me this thing where the guy was a moron. I think I was yeah. a realtor and was got yeah. so offended that you had called his client. But uh, there's no point in like engaging with people like that most of the time because you're not going to accomplish anything. I, I, it was a period in my life a long time ago where I was engaging people like in political debate. And that was one of the stupidest things I ever did because you, you're never going to, no one's ever going to say, oh, you're right. It's never going to happen. Ever. So uh, I think at best in our business, we try and avoid uh, engaging with these people as much as possible. Yeah. It's especially, yeah. When, when someone's mind's already made up, like, you, you know, it's never going to be, you know, they have to change their mind on their own. Right. Or, or if somebody's just an asshole, like they're going to be an asshole probably forever. forever. Uh, so I'll start, I'll, I'll start off with this. I'll start off with an example. This is out of, out of New York, but it's the same kind of uh, same principle. So this was actually in late 2022. We had a house we were wholesaling to somebody and um, the competitor we were competing with was uh, also obviously working the same lead. So when we went to go put the deal out, I think on our email list, they saw that I put the, I didn't put the full address. I don't put the full address in, in Delaware, but I put like the street name and he knew that he saw the house. He knew what I was, he knew the property. And he ended up going directly to the seller while after he saw our email and he was telling the seller basically like, hey, these guys are ripping you off. Like I can give you more money, like all this kind of stuff. And the seller called Brett and was freaking out. And then Brett was calling me and he didn't know what to do. And, you know, we were in a little bit of a chaotic scenario for a couple hours. So this is how I handled it. And, you know, I probably would advise this to anyone. You know, this is the, I was proud of myself. So instead of screaming, so the old Greg a couple of years ago would have been screaming at the guy, would have been threatening to sue him. I would have been, uh, you know, swearing for no reason. I would have been acting tough, you know, puffing my chest out. 
So instead of doing that, I isolated the scenario. So step one is you got to isolate. You got to get the facts. So I had to find out who the person was. And I did that through a little bit of research. Second option or second step is you got to find out how to get in touch with them. So Facebook, text message, phone call, email. So I reached out to the person. They ended up getting back to me. And then you have to engage them. So step three is engage. So I was like, hey, listen, uh, it sounds like, you know, you reached out to the seller who we have under contract and you're trying to basically torturously interfere with our, our deal. And uh, he was like, yeah. I said, okay, well, that's not going to work. Like instead of me yelling at him, I was like, that's not going to work. We're not going to accept that. That's not how we do business. We have a fully binding contract with the homeowner. You do not, to my knowledge. So at this point, I can't fix the seller being pissed, but I can control you not reaching out to, I can basically control telling you to back off. So I said, listen, I don't want to have any bad blood. I mean, we clearly have bad blood at this point, but I don't want this to get any worse than it already is. I'd like you to just re redact any communication from the homeowner and we can just go our separate ways. And he actually was kind of cool about that. He was trying to justify saying he spends all a bunch of money in marketing. And I'm like, well, if you do that, you should have other deals to buy you fucking clown. Like that's what's right. going we on. All, we all, we all spent a lot of money on marketing. Yeah. Well, like, come on, bud. Like if, if you're in the game, like you're doing that. So he was a complete clown and I, I'm not going to mention his name, but fucking guy's a loser, but I didn't call him out. I wasn't like screaming at him. And we ended up getting the entire scenario fixed. We got in touch with the seller. We explained to them the scenario. The seller got to see it from our side of the table. We saw it from their side of the table and the deal worked out. We made $35,000. So that, that, that scenario could have cost me 35 grand. If I were to let my emotions get the best of me and scream and threaten to sue that seller probably would have tried to cancel and maybe the deal died, right? But it didn't. So by acting professional, right? I was able to save ourselves $35,000 worth of revenue, right? So you have to really attach these scenarios with real dollar signs because- What, if you look what, did, you, what did you say to the seller when the seller was concerned about what he had just heard? I told the seller, he probably feels like he got ripped off and he knows he can get more money for the property. I said, because that's what he was thinking. So I'm not going to hide that. And I said, truth is, Mr. Keller, the reason you feel like you got ripped off is because when you made the deal with us for, I think, 125 or 120, that was exactly what you wanted for the house. And that was a number you signed on. But once you found out that the property was clearly worth more than that via our email, you felt like you left money on the table and you got taken advantage of. And that's exactly what he's like. You're absolutely right, Greg. That's it. And at this point I had to step in because I didn't buy the house. Brett bought the house. I had to kind of clean up the mess. And I said, the only thing that changed Mr. Seller was your perception of the property. It wasn't the price. It was your perception of the price. And I said, I apologize. And we shouldn't have done it in the way we done it. You know, I had some strong email copy in that thing. It was like meat on the bone, juicy deal. Like I made it sound kind of, I made it sound like, you know, really it was a good deal, but you know, his perception is what changed. And I think when you can meet somebody in a chaotic scenario, especially when there's emotions involved in business, you meet them where they are, not where you want them to be. They're going to be a little bit more receptive to hearing you out versus saying, you signed a contract with me. It's binding. I'm going to file all this pendants like that. They don't know what that means. And then they're going to feel right. even worse. And then they're going to probably get a lawyer if they don't already have one. So you have to handle this stuff. Even though it's an emotional scenario with a with a transaction getting bad, you have to handle it from a logical lens, or else this deal that it's not going to work out. I can guarantee you that. Right. So, jo you know, Jocko Willink, the the Navy, Navy SEAL guy. guy. Yeah. So he uh, he says like the most important thing to know as a leader is that calm is contagious, mm -hmm. and that when things that. go bananas, 
you have to stay calm, right? And that, and in that, I remember when you tell me about that scenario, you stayed calm and you calmly spoke to the seller. Yes. You thought the deal was dead. Yes. And then you, you revived it back by staying calm and talking to the seller the way you should. If you would have gotten defensive, you probably would have lost the deal. The guy would have gone to the other guy and it would have dropped dead. And we all have situations like that where we want it, where our initial response is, this is something I want to just go bananas on um, because of some jerk seller, buyer, attorney, or competitor. And you have to stay calm and think about how am I dealing with this? Because anytime you get defensive, um, anytime you attack, it usually ends up getting much worse. 100%. Let me give you one more example and then I'll let you go. I'll, I'll hog in the mic right now. This is a New York one. This is even, I, I want to say this guy's name, but I won't because I'm a man of integrity. Anyway, Pleasant Valley, New York. Uh, 26 Madura was the address. Nice, nice little area. And we actually told the seller we were wholesaling his house because we didn't know about the deal. There was some problems with the property. And we said, seller, if you want this number, we need like an option on this thing and we need the ability to find a buyer. And he was like, that's fine. I'm cool with that. And the seller was actually an attorney. Like the guy was super smart. And we found a buyer. And while we were finding the buyer, when we put the email out, our competitor who was working the deal also, or one of our competitors, saw the email and decided, and by the way, this is like a 60-year-old man. So this guy's a fucking clown. Like you're 60 years old doing this shit, bro. Come on. Anyway, so he sends the email to the seller, just like the other example I shared. And uh, the seller calls me and he was like, hey, uh, I saw my property advertised for sale for like 15 grand more than we agreed. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I told you I was going to do. I need to make a profit. Remember? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, that's cool. No worries. So we ended up, uh, you know, getting the seller to not be, he wasn't even pissed. Like he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I remember that. That makes sense. How's it going? I'm like, yeah, we're, we're making progress. So the seller didn't care about that. So now I find out who this guy is. So then I said, who's, who sent you the email? He said, oh, blah, 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 blah. And I said, oh, I know, I know who that is. So I found his website. I'd love to say his name, but I won't. I'm just, I'm just like teasing everyone here. Called him up, not screaming. He, of course he didn't answer because he's a complete chicken. That's right, person, you're a chicken. And he wouldn't get back to me. And I'm just patiently like texting him every like four hours. Hey, give me a ring when you can. I know you're busy. Finally get this coward on the phone. And I don't scream. I don't yell. I know I know where I was. I was driving back to my house. And I'm like, hey, how you doing, man? How's your day going? And, you know, he's kind of like, it's good. And I'm like, so I heard you reached out to, you know, whatever about the property. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, why'd you do that, man? What made you want to do that? We're under contract, you know? And he's like, well, I don't know. Like, you know, he's working the lead. I'm like, well, so are we. And we want it. You lost it. Yeah, I'm like, so clearly, you know, you didn't work the lead hard enough. And this is going on in my head. I'm like, listen, man, don't want to have bad blood with me. I don't want to have bad blood with you, even though we already do. I said, I, I just would appreciate you not reaching out to this guy anymore. It's our house. We won the thing fair and square. And, you know, it's all good. Like, don't, don't sweat about it. Just go get another deal. If you're doing so much business, Mr. Superstar. And, uh, you know, I didn't say that. I wasn't talking like a jerk. Right. But you guy. thought that. <laughs> I don't, I see the guy in, in person. I'll call him, call him a fucking clown. Like, I don't give a fuck. If he, he, I have nothing to hide. Like if, if, I don't care, you know, not like directly, but I'd be like, Oh yeah. I remember that, that property on 26 Madura, you know, get him a little embarrassed. Anyway, I was professional. I told him, listen, just don't reach out to the seller anymore. Let's not have this happen again. And I wish you the best of luck with everything you do and hung the phone up. Like, so I didn't scream and freak out with the guy. So once again, I want to make the point of when you have competitors try to steal your deals, and in New York, it's a little harder with the attorneys, um, don't freak out on them. Just have an adult conversation. Tell them not to interfere with you. 
and wish them the best of luck and move forward. Because that way, you know, if someone, you know, if the competitor asks about you, I mean, they're probably not going to say great things, but they're not going to be able to say, oh, that guy called me. He was freaking out. He was acting like a Neanderthal. Like they'll probably just say, yeah, I'm not a big fan of that guy, but you know, I guess he's a straight shooter or whatever. Who cares what they say about you? But if you do the right thing, you don't have to feel like you're screwing anyone over. You don't have to feel like, you know, you're walking on eggshells, if that makes sense. For sure. And, you know, not to, you're, you, both your stories were jerk competitors, but there's so many other jerks in our business, right? There are jerk attorneys, jerk sellers that we deal with. I mean, we all deal with them, jerk sellers who want to just jerk us on. I had somebody recently who, uh, <laughs> He was just jer- jerking my my uh, my lead manager around. It was like a kid in college or high school or something, and she sort of suspected it, but she had me look at it, and I'm like, I think this is BS. And then the guy got on the phone, and then I realized after two sentences, they asked full of crap, and I'm like, listen. So I could have said you're – I could have yelled at him. What am I going to accomplish at that point, right? So I just said, listen, you're wasting our time. Don't ever call us again. And the guy was like hurt. He was like hurt. He was like – Come on, man. You knew it was a joke. I'm like, I'm blocking your number. Don't ever call us again. You're wasting our time and we don't have time for this. So you have to, as you have displayed, you have to stay calm when you deal with jerks. There are jerks in every, you're going to find, like I said, jerk buyers, jerk sellers, jerk realtors, jerk attorneys. There are jerks in every field in our, in our field because the field so big, right? I, I, have a, I had a jerk attorney file, a, file something on a property I'm trying to uh, sell for no reason whatsoever. And I'm pretty sure it's a sanctionable offense and I plan to collect damages from it. These things happen all the time, right? There are, you know, you want to just surround yourself with the people who are good and avoid these jerks as much as possible. But, but as you said, you got to stay calm and not our, our initial reaction in all these cases is to fight back and we have to overcome that and stay calm. I'm going to just repeat what you said earlier. Calm is contagious. That's the theme of the show here. So Mike, I'm going to bring an example up and you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's not the recent one. Remember that property when you were buying the thing from the the people's parents and then the sibling got caught wind of it and they got really pissed. Tell everyone what happened there. So I had an older couple who said that they wanted to sell their house and they needed some place to go. So we helped them find a place that they, that she, I mean, she was almost in tears at how great it was. It was a condo on the first floor. She didn't want to go up steps. And um, we listed the property and I told her that, um, you know, we're going to list it at this price. I think it's a good price. And she said, well, maybe you can list it for more. So I listed it for more. And then she immediately called me and goes, you know what, list it for less. So I, I put it at a price and I immediately changed the price a little lower. The next day, it was like a nuclear bomb went off with her daughter. Her daughter was under the impression that we were trying to. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, this is the property? I'm confused. You were going to list listing her personal home that you were buying? I did list her property. And I told her, I'll pay X, which was a lower price, but I think you can get more. And I'll list it at, 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 at okay. X plus $60,000 so to get you the most money. But I listed like an X plus 70 and then I dropped it to X plus, X plus 60. The daughter was convinced that this was a whole scam by me to, to screw her out of this house and buy it for a much cheaper price. Got it. And I told her I'm listing it for what it's fair. And then she just, she would not listen to anything I said. And I couldn't take it anymore. She was incredibly just screaming, you better just giving me lists of demands nonstop. 
telling me she's going to take me to the police. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, listen, I'm blocking your number. Don't ever call me again. I said, if you ever want to do this to somebody else, you should at least let them, let, you should at least hear them out. I said, I didn't do anything wrong. I've never would do, imagine doing anything wrong to your mother. And she, by the way, the mother lost the properties that she really wanted because the daughter intervened. And, um, and I had to block, I had to block the daughter's number. She called me from like her husband's number. I had to block his number. I had to continue blocking her because I think of three or four numbers. And I said, I told you, don't ever call me again. What you did was disgusting. I said, you have no excuse for what you did. And I never want to speak to you again. That's what I did. And I just kept texting her that. And then every number, I get another number. Hey, this is her friend. I said, I am blocking this. Not like a friend said, I'm calling on behalf of her. I go, I'm blocking this number. I don't want to ever speak to her. Tell your friend she was disgusting. She didn't let me be here at out. What she did was terrible. She hurt her parents. And I have nothing to say to her. That was it. That was it. And it went on, went on for days. And it was, it gave me such a bad feeling because what she was accusing me of was something I absolutely didn't do. She would never have a conversation with me. She wouldn't get on the phone with me. I said, I'll come to you wherever you are. I said, I'll meet you in a neutral place. I'll meet you in your house. I said, I just want to explain so you understand what's going on here. And she would not, would not do it. And I had to, I had to just continue to block every number that she was trying to reach me on because I couldn't, I couldn't listen to it anymore. It was ridiculous. You know why? Because she, human being, she, she's like a moth going to a flame with conflict. But when you approach her with a logic, normal thing, she doesn't want to go there because she wants I to. Said, I will come. Shit. I said I, I want to explain myself. I was, I had no intention of doing anything wrong by her. But she saw those few little things, jumped to a conclusion, and I think before I blocked her, I said, in the future, if you ever have a problem with somebody, you should at least give them the chance to hear, hear them out. I go, I'm blocked. You know, I never want to speak to you again. But she was terrible. But it made me nauseous for like a couple of days. It yeah. gave me, put me in such a bad, it put me in such a bad state. First of all, to be accused of something like that was gross. And second of all, they never even get a chance to explain yeah, why like, what she was accusing me of wasn't true. It's ridiculous. People are fucking nuts, man. Here's another one. I'll give you another one. This is a good one. This is recent. This is like two weeks ago. Got an accepted offer on a nice fix and flip in Goshen. Uh, I'm not going to say the address because it's too recent, but the seller, this was interesting because I, I normally, this works for me, not against me. The seller was a doctor. This guy's pretty smart, but his house was a disaster to say the least. And uh, like, I met the guy, like I met him at his house and everything. And, you know, seemed like a straight, a little odd, but you know, whatever. And he took my offer. There was some competition and I said, all right, so the next steps are, we're going to have to get this in contract via the attorney's. Said, which attorney? What, what's your attorney's name? I'll have my attorney reach out and get a PSA, purchase and sales agreement. And he goes, uh, I don't have an attorney. I said, Oh, okay. This happens a lot. I said, I can refer you an attorney, or you can use one of your choice, whatever you want to do. He's like, Okay, you can refer me an attorney. So I send her an attorney's information, and uh, I'm like, Yeah, give her a shout today, and then we'll touch base later, and we'll get all the details worked out. So he never calls me back that day. So I call him right before the end of the day. And I'm like, hey, just wanted to, I texted him. Hey, just, did you reach out with the, to the attorney? And he never, he ghosts me. So I'm like, ah, maybe he's busy, whatever. And he's like, this guy's like dead set. I'm, I'm working with me, dead set. And uh, I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll call him again the next day. So I call him the next day and I'm like, hey, uh, just wanted to reach out. He's like, hey, I got some bad news for you. I'm like, oh, what's up? He's like, so I brought this to an attorney that I know and he saw the sales price and he wants me to get a second opinion. And I said, Dan, that's fine. I said, that's totally fine. I said, but here's the deal. Didn't you just agree to the number and you said it was perfectly okay? And he's like, yeah. I said, so it sounds like your attorney is just trying to talk you off the ledge because he feels like you're selling the property for way too little. He's like, that's exactly what's going on. 
I said, listen, do what you got to do. It's all good. You know, we buy enough property. I didn't tell him about it. In my head, I'm like, we buy enough deals. It is what it is. What am I going to cry over spilt milk? So he gets a realtor involved. The realtor is like, oh, this is a major fixer, but I think I can get you more money for this thing. So he meets like some private buyer who I don't know at the property. The guy offers like 20 grand more than my offer, which I would have happily paid, you know, wasn't going to, you know, be excited about it, but it still made sense. So he, last week we finally got back on the phone. He's like, Hey, I'm selling it for 290. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm like, I would have paid 290. I'm like, and he's like, yeah, but I wasn't really happy with the fact that you gave me an attorney. And I'm like, well, you said you didn't have an attorney. He's like, I don't know. I just felt like that was a little shady. And I'm like, listen, it's fine. Do whatever you want. I wish you the best of luck. Uh, but here's where I made a mistake. I should have asked him in advance for the commitment on him giving me the last look, right? I didn't do that. He probably still would have told me to go fuck myself based on what he just said before. But you're going to have attorneys kill your deal sometimes. We had this happen a couple of years ago on a deal I would have made $100,000 on. The attorney was like, you are out of your marbles if you sell it at this price in New It happens. And there's nothing you, you can do about it. You, 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 had you can't that call the attorney and say, hey, why are you advising your client not to buy yeah. I mean, It's not going to work. So uh, it happens. Like I said, every in every facet of what you do. You have jerk contractors too. I've had oh, jerk contractors. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, I mean yeah. – <laughs> A funny story on that. I had a contractor one. Like I, I train, like if you have Mark with a new contractor, I like make them jump through hoops. So like, I'm like, okay, go to the property, walk around, give me an estimate, send me an email by nine o'clock with your budget. If they don't do that, like they're already ruled out. Like, cause that, that means they can't. I imagine, I imagine most don't do that. No, no, the new ones don't. The, the old ones who I work with do, cause they know I don't fuck around, but you're going to deal with assholes. I mean, if you can set your expectations right in this business to where you're going to encounter douchebags, you're not going to be disappointed, right? You know, oh, I remember that Greg and Mike on that podcast were talking about this, and now, you know, it's going. There on. he is. There. You're the you're the jerk that they spoke about. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the guy. Oh man, it's it's just it's going to happen. Um, but to make this practical though, like with with competitors, this is something that I've learned. You know, our markets are are not oversaturated, but there's definitely people in the market looking to, to go after the same properties you're trying to get under contract. So. What I've found to do is if, if you can align with your competitors, especially if you both know you're working the same lead and you guys want to like partner up on it. I mean, that's worked very well for us when you know you're, if there's one buyer and you know that you're both talking to the same seller and you guys have a good relationship, I'd rather split a deal with somebody than have to have both of us overbid ourselves. And then the deal doesn't make sense for anybody. Absolutely. I've done that a few times. It definitely, it definitely helps. It definitely helps. Um, but not when the, the jerk competitors put list pendants on your properties. But I guess we don't have to go there. <laughs> no. Anyway, uh, I hope people got value from this episode. If they did, if they can leave us a review on the web, on iTunes, and uh, share the show on social media. That's how we keep growing this thing. Uh, if you're in New York and you want to do deals with Michael and I, reach out to us on social media. And uh, we'd be happy to partner up with you on your next deal. And I hope everybody enjoys the ep or enjoyed the episode. And we'll talk to you on the next one.